meditations on Prahlad and his simple-hearted devotion. We've um, divided Prahlad's simple-hearted devotion into kind of uh, four main qualities that we've explored. His detachment, his not wasting time, which we explored last class, his universal compassion, which we'll explore this class. And in the final class, we'll explore his one-pointed devotion. Um, so a brief recap of last class. Um, we talked about how we we're looking both at Prahlad's character, how he engages himself, relates with others, and also his precept, how he speaks, how he talks, how he shares um, his realizations. And we talked about how these two um, should combine, they should go together, they should um, ornament each other. And we see that in Prahlad. So kind of through these classes, we're looking at both Prahlad's character and his, his teachings. Um, we talked a little bit how Prahlad did not understand people of the world. Um, he, they just didn't quite add up to him um, in his simple, innocent, naive uh, heart. He, he couldn't understand the duplicity, um, the maliciousness, the friends and enemies um, kind of consciousness that he saw. But yet, despite not understanding people, um, not being able to re relate in all uh, in all ways, he he still felt immense compassion for their plight, their suffering, um, this this duality that they were experiencing. We'll kind of go more into that today. Uh, we also looked at how Prahlad was not very busy. <laughs> Uh, in one sense, with, with active service. Um, so we talked about the need for uh, personal reflection, processing, digestion of kind of our engagement in Srupa Siddha Bhakti, taking time to, to integrate that, um, reflect on that, um, identify with that, and all that that implies. Um, 
And lastly, we also talked about how um, the stages in our life will distract us in different ways. Um, these different stages as a young teenager, uh, adolescent, adult, elder, um, will be, um, will get caught up <laughs> in different things. And so as a sadhaka, one has to be very skillful, dynamic um, in how to engage oneself um, in those different stages in life so that one can continually progress towards one's ideal. And we talked about in kind of a microcosmic way, how those three stages of life, um, the impressionable stage could be like, they could be seen in the context of like one single day, like the impressionable stage of one's early life could be like the morning um, and how it's good just to take as much um, mercy from Srinam and kind of direct angas of bhakti as we can in, in that impressionable stage. And in the middle of the day could be kind of connected to more active adult life, um, kind of more engagement with the world, with people and so forth. Um, and trying to kind of connect that back to the sitting. And then the final stage, the evening um, could be connected also in a microcosmic sense to the kind of reflective um, elder stage of life where we um, kind of take all the lessons, the realizations that we've imbibed and learned through our day, um, through our life and, and kind of um, really put those in place and express our gratitude and, um, for all those that helped us put those in place. So that's a brief recap of last week we talked about how Prahlad um, uh, didn't waste time, but used his time very effectively. Um, so we'll continue on. This is kind of the next component we're gonna look at of Prahlad's simple hearted devotion. And this will be focused on his compassion. Um, so I guess we'll get right into it. Um, we're um, looking at the fifth chapter here of the seventh canto, where um, it kind of first becomes apparent that Prahlad's not really going to follow in the ways of Hiranyakashipu so easily. Um, after he kind of speaks to his dad about the uselessness of pursuing these things of the world, then his, his teachers, um, who Hiranyakashipu appoints to try to educate him in the ways of the world, they, they ask him, oh, best of your family, has this pollution of your intelligence been brought about by you or by the enemies? We are all your teachers and are very eager to hear about this. Please tell us the truth. So that's the 10th verse. And then we'll look at the 11th verse here. 
that Prahlad responds with. Shri Prahlad Uvacha. Parasvas Chetya Asad Graha Pumsam Yan Mayaya Krita Vimohita Diyam Dishtas Tasmai Bhagavate Nama. Translation. Pallad Maharaj replied, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose external energy has created the distinctions of my friend and my enemy by diluting the intelligence of men. Indeed, I am now actually seeing this, although I have previously heard of it from authoritative sources. Um, so um, one thing to note here, kind of just on a basic level that Prahlad says is um, the, the cause of this duality of his teachers, um, these Asuric uh, individuals, um, the cause of their vision, their kind of duality of vision of seeing friends and enemies is the covering um, of the external energy. And um, this kind of connects back to Prahlad's naivety, his innocence, his not really understanding the ways of the world that we explored last week. Um, he says, indeed, I am now seeing this. I'm actually seeing it, although I have previously heard of it from authoritative sources. Um, <laughs> so he basically, in a sense, like it's, it's just, it's astonishing to him um, to see this kind of distinction that so clear cut that these teachers of his are giving of a friend and enemy. Um, and he says, I've, I've read about this um, in authoritative sources. Um, I've heard of it. I've, I've heard of it from Nard and so forth, but now I'm actually seeing it. Um, so in one sense, you could say it's not even in, it's not in Prahlad's heart. This is kind of his, he's kind of coming in touch with this, um, coming to understand of it through his engagement with others. Um, and his reaction to it is pretty interesting. Um, when he sees this duality, um, I mean, he, he goes on to kind of condemn it for different reasons, but um, initially he says, Tasmai uh, Bhagavate Nama, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, so that's, that's his re reaction to seeing this, this duality. Um, he immediately connects it back to his um, Ishtadeva and, and kind of sees this as a, a shakti, uh, the external energy, um, this diluting potency, the power of this, and kind of the, the immensity um, the power of it is is what gives him some um, uh, creates reverence. Just from seeing this, it creates reverence in him. Reminds him of of Krishna. 
um, it, it kind of reminds me of the story that uh, Guru Maharaj tells of how Prabhupada asked him, have, have you seen the New York woman? And Guru Maharaj was a new sannyasi. And so he, he didn't really know what to say. He thought Prahlad, uh, sorry, he thought Prabhupada was testing him, seeing, because sannyasis, you know, traditionally not supposed to engage with the opposite sex. So um, Gumaj didn't really respond. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. So Prabhupada kept going and said, they're so beautiful, so beautiful. And, and all these men are so attracted to them and they're, they're working so hard to get this, their attention working night and day. And because of their work to get their attention, all these buildings, all these skyscrapers, they were looking out over the skyscrapers of Manhattan or New York somewhere. And, and probably said, and, and these sky, skyscrapers, all the, the creation, all the manifestation of that, of that lust. And Prabhupada's eyes got really wide and he said that, this is Vishnu Maya. Um, <laughs> and Kumar was just sitting there, just, just stunned how Prabhupada um, could see something in um, the waves of the world, um, this kind of duality of vision and um, the exploitation of men uh, trying to exploit women and get their attention and um, and working so hard to do it, <laughs> and um, and how all of this just just reminded uh, Prabhupada of the um, the immense power of Vishnu's external energy, and um, is uh, kind of um, yeah yeah um, created reverence and. Um, Kind of a natural spontaneous connection to that so so we're going to look at this duality um, that Prahlad talks about here this duality of friends and enemies um, creating distinctions in such in such a manner externally um, Prahlad brings this term up a lot um, friends and enemies and and how um, how that um, um, will really thwart one's um, sincerity and um, ability to approach Bhagwan um, and 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 please him. Um, this, this vision is, is, is a, a big obstacle in that. Um, it, it doesn't, it's when we create such um, external division, um, it's, it's really hard to approach service in a simple, straightforward and sincere manner um, because we we'll always have kind of dupl duplicitous like uh, uh, mentalities, tendencies, um, and uh, will lack trust, lack compassion, and um, these types of things that are so central 
to, to bhakti and to pleasing Krishna. So Prahlad goes on in the next verse. Um, so first he kind of um, states the issue. This is the problem. <laughs> the problem is finding distinction between friends and enemy um, based on one's deluded intelligence created through the external energy of Bhagavan. And then in the next verse, the 12th verse, um, he goes on, well, how do we get out of this? <laughs> um, how does one transcend this duality of vision? Um, how does one no longer see friends and enemies? And Prahlad says, sa yadanu vratta pumsam pasu buriya vibhidyate anyesha tatanyolham the translation is when the Supreme Personality of Godhead is pleased with the living entity because of his devotional service, one becomes a pundit and does not make distinctions between enemies, friends, and himself. Intelligently, he then thinks every one of us is an eternal servant of God, and therefore we are not different from one another. Uh, this is Prabhupada's translation. Um, so, um, one interesting note initially is Prahlad says, when the Supreme Personality of Godhead is pleased with a living entity, one is then able to transcend um, the duality. So Prahlad's immediately kind of directing us towards a, a descending path. Um, he's not um, advising one to engage in um, kind of yogic gyan, more ascending uh, effort-based practices, but he's immediately directing us towards seek mercy. If, if you have this duality of vision, direct your attention towards that, that sector of mercy. Um, that'll help you um, transcend this. And, and then how by you please, please God. Um, and your vision of duality of the world will dissipate. Um, so we could say, how? How does pleasing God result in the dissipation of du duality of vision, um, seeing friends and enemies in the world? Well, in one sense, we could say mercy begets mercy. Um, pleasing Krishna means Krishna showering some mercy. Um, I mean, Krishna, <laughs> Krishna showers mercy regardless, <laughs> but you could say especially to those who, um, who kind of get his attention by, by pleasing service, Krishna is going to bestow, be bestowing an immense mercy on that individual, mercy that they don't deserve, even though they're pleasing Krishna, they're offering their heart and so forth, but the mercy they're going to receive 
and it's not like this is some formula, but it's like Krishna every single time <laughs> decides, I want to give more mercy. Um, it's not like you give one, Krishna gives 10. <laughs> Sometimes it's talked about like that. You take one step towards Krishna, he'll take 10 steps towards you. But it's a way of just saying, he chooses each time. It's not like an automatic process, but each time he chooses, I want to take, he's, so, he's moved by that so much. So, so when one receives that, um, that mercy, um, way beyond um, what one gave, um, it, it extends itself naturally. Um, and even though others may not deserve this or deserve that, naturally that extension of mercy will be um, extended to all living entities. Um, we could say also pleasing God means um, deep connection with God, deep connection with Krishna, who is the underlying source of our consciousness. So through pleasing Krishna, we're coming in touch, kind of intimate connection with the underlying thread, um, underlying essence of, of everything, of all consciousness, all living beings. Um, is this source, this center is kind of like the missing link um, in the life of one who has this duality of vision. It's kind of like the bridge um, that expands and connects every living entity, every jiva um, with another. It creates a very intimate bond um, with, with others through, through Krishna. Um, and this connection, um, you could say there's, um, there has to be a, a component, a strong component of, of unity, um, of, um, of oneness in a sense, um, with another living being. And so in this, Prahlad expresses the, the oneness, the non-difference, um, that one, when one pleases God, the, the connection, the oneness, the unity, that one will feel in connection to other living beings, um, to all jivas. And of course, there's a, a, a dynamic unity in Gaudiya Vaishnavism and, <laughs> and Prabhupada's translation kind of conveys that. Um, he <laughs> he kind of goes above and beyond the actual words. The actual words basically just say, um, distinction between you and others is destroyed. Kind of simple as that. But Prabhupada goes on to say, one will think every one of us is an eternal servant of God, and therefore we are not different from one another. <laughs> so Prabhupada's um, kind of expressing, you could say, this dynamic unity 
that we see in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, there's, I mean, with Krishna, we have Beda Bed, um, or Krishna and his Shaktis are Beda Bed. Um, he's, he's one and different simultaneously with his Shaktis. But we could say even within the Shakti, like even within the Jiva Shakti, we have Beda Bed, um, where we're, we have an underlying um, connection, underlying consciousness. Um, with all other jivas, this kind of oneness where at the same time we remain, um, our, we keep our individuality uh, in service. And so this kind of the abed abed um, tattva that is uh, so central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism and to um, the Sambandhagyan that we, we cultivate the relationship we have with, with Krishna, with other Shaktis. And, um, and oftentimes this, the bait has been stressed to kind of create um, some distinction um, between our school of thought and um, monistic schools of thought, which kind of are more non-dual in a very, absolute <laughs> sense of the term. Um, our school of thought is non-dual in a more dynamic sense. And so to distinguish ourselves from them, sometimes the bait, um, especially in um, Prabhupada's uh, uh, preaching and so forth, we see a very strong emphasis on the bait, um, but but we should remember that both of these two are, are there, Abed and Bed. Um, both are, are just as prominent. Um, the Abed, the non-difference, is just as prominent as the difference, the Bed, um, between ourselves and Krishna, between ourselves and other jivas. And so Prahlad here is sharing the, um, the, um, the experience, the experience of, of connecting with, with other jivas, uh, with a sense of, of, of oneness, of uh, a dynamic sense of unity and so forth. Um, and that this vision, this experience, this kind of intimate connection with others that allows ones, um, as the, the Gita says, to see the the sufferings and the joys of others as if they were one own. Uh, the ability to see that's coming through um, service, pleasing, uh, Bhagwan. And so it's kind of through mercy that this, this vision's coming. Um, in connection to this verse, um, here Prahlad again was speaking to the teachers. Um, and then in the next chapter, we see Prahlad speaking to the students. He's giving his, uh, is a kind of his longest discourse um, on the nature of reality, um, how to engage oneself and so forth. He's, um, he's sharing uh, with the students. And what he says to them is, 
This is 624. He says, Tasmat sarveshu Dayam kuruta sahidam, Bhavam asuram unmuchya, Yaya tusyat arhoksaja. He says, Therefore, my dear young friends, born of demons, <laughs> please, we see that kind of. <laughs> Uh, those two things kind of juxtaposed there. My dear friend, born of demons. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was able to find deep friendship even among uh, the historic uh, schoolmates. So he says, therefore, my dear young friends, born of demons, please act in such a way that the Supreme Lord, who is beyond the conception of material knowledge, will be satisfied. Give up your demonic nature and act without enmity or duality. Show mercy to all living entities by enlightening them in devotional service, thus becoming their well-wishers. So, um, this verse we can see, it's pretty, it's like a, it has a kind of, we'll go into it, but it has a pretty deep connection with the previous verse we saw. Um, Prahlad's basically saying here, please God, by showing mercy and affection, friendship to all beings. So he's kind of coming, we can see that it works, this verse is kind of cyclical with the previous verse, verse 512, that we just read. Um, in the previous verse, we read that through pleasing God, one's able to transcend duality of vision and, and thus kind of share mercy, extend mercy um, to all living beings. And in this one, Prahlad's saying, share, show mercy, extend, um, extend kindness, affection to all living beings because that pleases God. Um, so <laughs> we can kind of see that each one will kind of augment um, by pleasing God. One's able to experience that intimate connection between themselves um, and other living entities and thus extend mercy. And through that extension of mercy, one's able to please God. God finds immense um, that's pleasure, joy in seeing um, jivas extend mercy uh, unto each other. Um, and so these kind of, similar to how Sanatana Goswami says, um, humility and prem kind of interweave and augment each other um, eternally. Um, in one sense, I guess this isn't eternal in the sense that compassion is more relative to the uh, material world, but you could still see how they kind of, they interweave, interwind, um, and one will naturally kind of lead into the next. Um, and will facilitate the next. Um, extending mercy. You could say the 
mercy is most prominently extended um, when Krishna is glorified, when the devotee is glorifying Krishna, or when Krishna is glorifying the devotee. Um, but that's another topic. Uh, <laughs> but in connection to this, um, this kind of cyclical nature of pleasing God and showing mercy to others. Uh, Bhakti Vinod has the famous line in his bhajan, Nityanandam um, Hajan. Um, he says, Jiva doi Krishnanam Sarvadamasar. So Jiva doi is showing compassion, kindness to all living beings, Krishnanam, um, to meditate, chant, on um, Krishnanam, these two are the essence of all dharma. So one could say, well, which, <laughs> what should we do first? If we're, if we're lacking in both, if we're not able to, to please God to the extent we would like, or if we're not able to extend mercy to other living beings to the extent that we could like, um, if we feel some lacking in both, which, which one should we, should we focus on? Um, which one should we cultivate first? Um, should we please God first or should we show mercy to others? And it, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, Guru sometimes asks, you know, what, what came first, the seed or the tree? And in a kind of linear time frame, one has to come first. Want either the seed or the tree, but in uh, a cyclical time frame, you can say both. Both both need to come first. Um, so I think you could say the same thing for uh, pleasing God, showing kindness, compassion to all living beings. Both both need to come first. <laughs> so um, these two are. Um, I mean, again, this, this beta beta principle, showing kindness to others, pleasing God, these two are kind of non-different, um, different and non-different, they're kind of, um, they're together. Um, and so we, we should cultivate, find um, um, both uh, growing and nurturing one another. Um, and in connection to what type of compassion we'll be sharing with others. Um, Prabhupada here translates, um, again, he kind of goes above and beyond <laughs> um, <laughs> and says, show mercy to all living entities by enlightening them in devotional service, thus becoming their well-wishers. Um, so, this kind of um, makes me think of the two different types of compassion that a devotee is said to express. Um, the first one being the desire to relieve the suffering of other jivas. And the second being the 
um, the desire to bestow bhakti. And so, sometimes it's been talked about that one, um, the desire to bestow bhakti is the ultimate form of mercy, the ultimate form of kindness that one can share. And, and yeah, we can think in our own lives. I mean, <laughs> what, what type of mercy have we been shown? Um, what mercy has come to us? I think we can understand that we've seen mercy in those who've relieved our suffering, um, maybe in more temporary ways. We've also seen those who've relieved our suffering in more um, permanent ways, giving us transcendental knowledge and so forth. And then we can also see those who bestowed um, kind of a positive, a beautiful love, bhakti, into our heart. And, um, and I think, <laughs> Um, you know, I think probably every devotee can say the the latter, the bestow of bhakti is, is the most merciful gift that I've received. Um, but um, I think these two should also come together. I think and naturally in the heart of a devotee, there's a desire to... Um, you know, you see someone suffering, um, naturally a devotee will want to, um, will feel pained to see that devote, that individual's suffering, but will also feel sad that the devotee, that, sorry, that the individual, the jiva, um, is not coming in, has not come in touch yet, has not dedicated themselves to the service, the loving service of, of Krishna, of their source, and thereby come in touch with a much higher um, reality, a much higher beauty, love than, um, than all the, the movements, the sways, um, the emotional dealings and uh, waves that, <laughs> that we experience in this world. Um, so a devotee will naturally want to um, help someone in both of these ways. And sometimes one may be prioritized over another. Um, and so Prabhupada's emphasizing that here, um, this kind of um, the compassion in which one enlightens another about devotional service. Um, and so these are these two verses. These two initial verses uh, have mostly been Prahlad talking about um, compassion in a general form. Um, what's the nature that? What's the vision that inhibits one's co compassion? That makes the world very complex and competitive and <laughs> in constant duality, um, opposition. It's this vision of seeing friends and enemies, um, of not seeing everything harmoniously working. Um, ultimately, uh, under the sway, under the sanction 
and uh, direction of God. Um, and not being able to connect, to see God, um, his connection, to not have that bridged, uh, not have the gap bridged through God's mercy. Um, so that's kind of the, the issue and the resolve in general is, please God, <laughs> show, um, render service to God and, and his mercy will, will descend and, and one will be able to transcend this um, uh, this vision of duality and, and one's vision will become more simple, more straightforward, more loving, more caring, um, which will naturally extend itself, which will then please God more and, and one will be in a, um, a beautiful cycle. Um, um, said that a, a wheel is kind of the fastest <laughs> create some of the, the fastest moving cars and so forth. So in that sense, you could say this kind of cycle, this, this wheel of pleasing God and um, extending mercy will allow one to progress very, very speedily through, um, through the stages of bhakti. But now Prahlad is in this ninth chapter. Now he's talking to Hiranya Kashipu and, or sorry, he's talking to Nishringha. This is after Hiranyakashipu has been slayed by Nishringha. And Prahlad's offering prayers. And now he's talking about himself here, um, which, is, which is interesting. Um, it's very, we should be very attentive whenever we hear a great personality share their own experience. Um, that would be very illuminating. Um, you know, anything they say will be very, will, will lift the darkness um, from our eyes and illumine, give us um, uh, knowledge, uh, spiritual knowledge on the world, um, how to act and so forth. But, but personal kind of experience and um, testimony is, is very powerful too. It's very intimate and allows us to learn on kind of a, a different, more experiential, um, dynamic way. So that can be very um, useful to take those teachings from, from great saints. So Prahlad here says, this is the 43rd verse of the ninth chapter, seventh canto. Um, as naivod, naivod vijay para durat gaya vaitaranyas tradvirya gayana maha amrita magna chitta soche tato vimuka chitasa indriyarta maya sukaya baram udvahato vimudam. And the translation is O best of the great personalities. I am not at all afraid of material existence. For wherever I stay, I am fully absorbed in thoughts of your glories and activities. My concern is only for the fools and rascals who are making elaborate plans for material happiness and maintaining their families, societies, and countries. I am simply concerned with love for them. Very nice verse. Um, um, 
we see this similar description of Advaita Acharya in Chaitanya Chaitamrita when he calls down Mahaprabhu as described how Advaita had no lamentation, um, no suffering. He was Atmaram, um, completely satisfied in, in Kirtan of Krishna. Um, but he had lamentation, concern um, in another direction and with the, the ignorance, the suffering, as Prahlad describes it <laughs> through Prabhupada's translation, for the fools and rascals who are making elaborate plans for material happiness. <laughs> and so Prahlad's feeling immense uh, compassion, love, concern for people who are, are so absorbed in, in a direction that's, that's tying themselves up pretty much um, in their own bondage. Um, imbibing some scars for suffering, pretty much. We don't want some scars for suffering. Um, so I think it's interesting to note that one who um, has transcended kind of personal, any material desire will have our best interest in mind. Um, such a soul here, like Prahlad, one who's not, um, has no personal motive, um, no personal material motive. Um, the person won't, even with good intention, um, it, one has to be very conscious or else um, those motives can slip in uh, unconsciously and possibly get in the way of extending mercy and so forth. So I think we can understand Prahlad is <laughs> transcended um, suffering, Prahlad's Atmaram. And so naturally his lamentation, his desire to share mercy will be very, very selfless. Um, and so, Sometimes we can say that um, one wants to relieve the suffering of others in an attempt to relieve their own suffering. And this isn't a bad thing. Um, I think this is a, you know, it's a beautiful way. Um, it said, you know, if you're unhappy, serve someone. Um, try to help someone else become happy. Um, but I think when one is doing so, one should just be very conscious of that fact, um, one's own kind of um, personal motive in the extension of sharing, of helping. Um, and I say that because sometimes I think when one tries to extend mercy well also if it's not conscious if one's unconsciously doing so because they're trying to like relieve their own suffering by saving others i think sometimes it can become undesirably forceful or needy or controlling um and this is <laughs> it's it's not always very merciful 
<laughs> sometimes it can be very off-putting and um, undesirable, unbecoming, and turn one away, um, even from bhakti. So um, compassion, ideally, mercy is really a free-flowing thing, a soft-hearted thing, um, someone, something that when comes in, one comes in touch with it, one will um, whether one takes the advice or not wholeheartedly. I I think generally um, one will feel um, one will feel safe. <laughs> I think one will feel like this this person um, is kind, um, this person is sincere, I trust this person. Um, it may not be for me, but um, what they're about is, is a beautiful thing. Um, so I think, yeah, when, when, when one's extending mercy, um, to just be conscious of one's own personal motive in doing so. And, um, and in that, um, giving space um, for others, allowing, giving others the freedom. Um, um, surrender and let surrender. So <laughs> kind of, um, you can't really force faith onto someone. Um, can you guys still hear me it just said zoom i was signed out yes i can hear you okay maybe it's just padma swami ending his class i'll continue hopefully it's still okay um so um yeah compassion should be a free-flowing soft-hearted thing um Prahlad goes on in the next verse, uh, 944. He has some pretty harsh words. Um, this, this one was hard for me to swallow. <laughs> he said, Prahena Deva Munaya Svavi Mukti Kama Maunam Charanti Vijane Naparata Nishta Naitam Vihaya Kripanan Vimumuksha Eko Nanyam tad asya shanam brahmato My dear Lord Nishim Hadev, I see that there are many saintly persons indeed, but they are interested only in their own deliverance. Not caring for the big cities and towns, they go to the Himalayas or the forest to meditate with vows of silence. They are not interested in delivering others. As for me, however, I do not wish to be liberated alone leaving aside all these poor fools and rascals. I know that without Krishna consciousness, without taking shelter of your lotus feet, one cannot be happy. Therefore, I wish to bring them back to the shelter at your lotus feet. So, <laughs> Prahlad said some saintly persons are only interested, um, are off on their own in the forest there. I think, um, now it's called a kuyogi or something. It's like a 
attached to the forest, um, attached to being alone. And um, he said, some, some individuals are only interested in their own liberation. Um, and I think what Prahlad's kind of um, giving here is, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of the world. We shouldn't be avoiding the world um, in our uh, seeking God, seeking Krishna. Um, we should always be moving towards something, not moving away from something. Um, Bhakti is the path of attachment, not, not detachment. That's kind of a corollary. Um, so we're seeking attachment to Krishna, not um, uh, avoidance of kind of parts of the world. And, um, and so Prahlad's saying, I, I wanna be, I wanna share mercy. I wanna, I don't wanna be liberated alone. I wanna share my mercy. Um, with others and, and bring them along with me. And one kind of, um, I say it's very, it's extremely beautiful. And we see this, um, it's almost like Prabhupada's kind of speaking here as well. <laughs> um, um, we kind of see him coming through in this verse, how he kind of came to the West. Um, and came to the big cities and so forth and shared just immense, immense amounts of mercy. Um, but I think also, as we discussed before, um, the more we please God, the more we discover, come in touch, connect um, intimately with God, the more we can extend our mercy to others. Um, how these two are, are very concomitant. Um, and uh, sometimes um, to kind of connect, um, to really find God, um, sometimes there's a, a necessity of creating some space um, <clears throat> from certain elements, certain movements and so forth from the world. Um, not necessarily, as we said, not an avoidance, but in a way to, to seek. Um, attachment, uh, connection with God. Um, and this may be even more the case for, for introverts and so forth. Um, how, an, how an introvert may show mercy, may, uh, may differ slightly. <laughs> how an extrovert shows mercy. Um, you can kind of look at the examples of Prabhupada and Sridharmaraj um, and how mercy extends itself. Um, can see even our, our own Guru Raj, how he's very um, preoccupied with writing and more of an introverted way, you could say, of extending uh, immense mercy and so forth. Um, and so this verse, I don't think we should like um, uh, say it's like an exaggeration at all, but just to like qualify it. I think we have to realize that we shouldn't spread mercy at the own sadhana um, because without one sadhana, without kind of that connection to Krishna, um, one, won't, one won't be able to share much mercy. These, these two things are, are cyclical. 
Um, it's through the mercy that we're receiving from Krishna, through our connection, which, which um, manifests really through absorption um, in the angas of bhakti. Um, through that, we can extend that um, to others. It said that Mahaprabhu, I really like this uh, quote, said he was able to reform human character, to change lives through the tears of divine love and compassion. Um, so you can just <laughs> imagine Mahaprabhu shedding simultaneously tears of, of an ecstasy, um, tears of prem, the experience of Krishna's love, the intimacy, the sweetness of Krishna, and just tears are said to come out like a syringe out of his eyes. And at the same time, tears of compassion. We um, kind of see this in Mahaprabhu's stance at Odarya, one hand extended, um, the Odarya, compassion, one hand up in divine love and praying, lost in Mahabhav. So it's really this, this connection that's, that's allowing this compassion, this mercy um, to flow. So, so again, not avoiding the world, not avoiding... Um, but also being honest with what one needs to, to maintain and um, really uh, deepen one's connection with Krishna um, to really please <laughs> Krishna so that one can please him um, by sharing mercy um, also um, with what one's received. And so... Um, one last verse <laughs> I know we're short on time but um, actually it's three verses but it's all in, <laughs> it's all in one um, and it's, it's kind of what we know Prahlad for it's what Prahlad's like kind of like Prahlad's defining moment so I think we have to share it in connection to his compassionate dispense his compassionate heart um, his simple, forgiving, soft-hearted Vaishnav heart. Um, so this is the tenth chapter. So he's still. This is. Um, he's still. Uh, he's after. After he's offered prayers to Nishringhan, Nishringhan is saying, uh, "Accept a boon. This is. This is my God. You. This is my. This is my duty. You've pleased me so much. I want to give you something." God says, "No, no. I don't want anything." I have I have all I need. Um, you're sitting. I'm sitting on your lap, and you're you're asking me to, to accept a boon. This is this is nonsense. Um, so Balad says, "Varam etate varadesha maheshvara yad aninda pitame tvam adi adi avidvams teja aishvaram." Vida Marsaisaya Sakshat Sarva Loka Gurum Prabhum Bharata Heti Misha Dishtis Tvad Bhakti Mai Chaghavam Tasmat Pitame Puyeta Durantad Dustarad Agat Puttas Te Panga Samdristas Tara Kripana Vatsara So we see Kripa <laughs> coming at the end there. So we know it's going to be a merciful 
So, Prahlad says, O Supreme Lord, because you are so merciful to the fallen souls, I ask you for only one benediction. I know that my father at the time of his death had already been purified by your glance upon him. But because of his ignorance of your beautiful power and supremacy, he was unnecessarily angry at you, falsely thinking that you were the killer of his brother. Thus he directly blasphemed your lordship, the spiritual master of all living beings and committed heavily sinful activities directed against me, your devotee. I wish that he be excused for these sinful activities. Okay, nice verse. <laughs> um, again, we see kind of exception. Prahlad says, know that at the time of death, been purified by uh, so that's yeah uh, aside from the context of giant vijay we'll just look at this kind of like on its own he's purified by your glance he's liberated uh, Because he committed some, made some offense. So we see he ascended suffering, he's purified. But Pilad wants more. Pilad wants really bestowal of bhakti. He wants full, full forgiveness. Um, he wants the Sharia to, 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 to put aside his, his grudge. He's put aside his anger. He's no longer angry. His anger subsided. But Pilad thinks Nishring is still holding a little grudge. And so I want you to forgive. I want you to bestow bhakti on my father. Um, and we can see Prahlad takes no offense um, to, <laughs> to whatever his dad, his dad tried to kill him over and over again. Um, I mean, probably the worst father in history of <laughs> recorded history um, and <laughs> Prahlad's a young innocent child has done nothing um, uh, minded his own business and and despite all this Prahlad has such a such a soft heart he not only did he not take offense but he was concerned that Krishna's going to take offense for this um, and so Prahlad's Prahlad's kind of uh, petitioning, petitioning Nishringha, please, please don't um, hold this. Please don't hold this against my father. Um, extend, extend your mercy of bhakti. And the devotee is described as the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. And I think there's there's many ways to understand this idea that the devotee is kind of the broadcaster of bhakti could be one way. The devotee is going out into the world and broadcasting bhakti is kind of extending Krishna's Kripa Shakti 
um, it's a manifestation of the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. Another way, as we see in this verse, we could say that devotees, the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan is, he's able to excuse the unexcusable. Um, kind of the, the soft, the soft heartedness, which, which again is not different. It's not that the devotee is more compassionate. I mean, the devotee is more compassionate from, than Krishna, but it's because of Krishna. It's because the devotees coming in touch with the mercy uh, the sweetness of Krishna, the devotee is able to extend that, that overflows. Um, so when one commits an offense um, against a Vaishnava, uh, the Vaishnava is, which it happens, unfortunately, um, the Vaishnava is very, very soft-hearted, um, doesn't take offense. Um, and really is the ever well-wisher of, of all living beings, including, <laughs> including the person who offends him uh, or her. And we see this in the example of Prahlad here. His father was extremely, I mean, kind of like, you know, it's described the degrees of offense, thoughts, words, actions. So <laughs> actions are the highest offense and his father is just continually um, trying to kill him. So we see this kind of like the highest degree of offense. And Prahlad just, just sweeps it under the rug pretty much, just sees straight through it. Um, doesn't take any of it personally. And um, one thing this reminded me of was the, um, the offenses that were made to Sridharmaj. Uh, in the aftermath of ISKCON and things people said about him and broadcast about him and so forth. And one thing that Sridharmaj said was that he, he fears for the future of ISKCON. Um, and we see kind of this, this, <laughs> I mean, the same soft heartedness. Um, I mean, even it's amazing how a Vaishnava can take any situation and there's always some light, there's always beauty. Even in the myth of Vaishnava Aparad, you can, it just brings out a beautiful side <laughs> of, that, of that Vaishnava. Um, so we see Sri Ramaj um, feeling immense compassion, and sorrow, lamenting not because they're offending him, not because he's taking it personally, or, but he's just, what is this? This, this, how can this, how is this gonna play out for them? Um, certainly Krishna will not be pleased. Certainly Prabhupada, their guru will not be pleased. And so I, I have a, a fear, I have sorrow um, for the future of these devotees. Um, And so this, this heartfelt compassion um, is really our, <laughs> that's, our um, that's our lifeline to bhakti. Um, and um, the Vaishnava is able to excuse so much and still continually bestow uh, mercy, um, just an overflowing cup 
<laughs> so you, you try to throw, you throw like some ink in it <laughs> um, and it's just it's just overflowing with with nectar um, so the ink comes everything and then you just um, everything flows out and still nectar is coming um, untainted and still giving mercy um, described like a tree even as the tree is being cut down with the axe it's still giving shade um, to the person who's cutting it. So the, the, the compassionate heart that we see here in Prahlad, um, Sridhar Maharaj and so forth, is just um, hmm. um, you know, we should take great inspiration from it. Um, we're in we're in good hands, <laughs> very very good hands, um, and and with that, I I think one prayer um, we can offer to to the Vaishnavas, Prahlad, Guru, and so forth, um, the, the prayer to please forgive me um, for any offense I have committed, um, knowingly or unknowingly, and to please soften my heart. Um, please extend your mercy so that I can extend mercy. Please soften my heart so that I may be merciful with those who are harsh or inconsiderate in their dealings with me. And, and in this way, um, the Kripa Shakti, the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan can, can continue to, to flow amongst the devotees. So that's, that's all for today, the glorification of Prahlad, uh, Nishinga, Krishna, and the Vaishnavas um, uh, for my obeisances. Vanchakapatarubhyas cha, kripasindubhyeva cha, patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo nam. So thank you to all that were listening. Um, nice to have you here with me. Uh, to all those who may hear the recording, if, if there are any questions or comments that anyone would like to share, um, I welcome those now. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. I, I just wanted to say how inspiring this class has been for me. Um, you were able to take this um, this verse, you know, about, um, I mean, Prahlad's father was um, wanting to kill him in so many ways and to break that down um, from that kind of overwhelming scenario into, you know, the different levels at a, a personal level, a daily level, um, how it's applicable to our lives um, is really very inspiring. And I just wanted to um, share an incident in my life that I think may kind of represent this as well. Um, so I was uh, abused by a family member and I really considered this person to be my enemy through my life. And then I became a devotee um, later on in life through my son. And this, you know, through that mercy, I had always been thinking about this incident with um, this person in my life. And 
they were a family member. And so through the family, everyone is like, oh, they become devotees. And what does that mean? And, you know, so there was a lot of dialogue around it. And so this incident was something always in my mind that I wanted to forgive. You know, I wanted to not see this person as my enemy. And um, so through my practice, I was thinking about it, but not actively doing anything about it. And so fast forward, um, this person, um, one night I got a call from this person and they were asking for forgiveness. And I was like, my heart immediately melted. And I'm like, yes, I forgive you. And I, I mean, it wasn't like lip service. It was true. I felt that true forgiveness, um, that mercy coming down. And it, it was really one of the more amazing experiences in my life to have that experience and to go on for this person to become a devotee as well. And um, that we had a relationship based upon Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. And actually, fast forward a little bit more, when this person um, was leaving their body, and we were at opposite ends of the, um, the country, um, he, this person wanted me to be there when they left their body. And so Krishna arranged everything. It, it was like a six-hour trip. Um, this person is always in that already in that stage where they were non-communicative and I was able to get there um, and be with that person when they left their body with Srila Prabhupada chanting, with me chanting, with Tulsi, with Ganga water, with um, dust from Vrindavan and everything. And so to me, that is just <laughs> really shows how um, that mercy showers down. And it wasn't anything I did because I wasn't, you know, planning on forgiving this person. It just came, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that's the mercy of becoming a devotee. And, and so um, that gave me that experience that yes, enemies that nobody is really our enemy mm -hmm. in that sense. So I just wanted to share that. I hope that was okay to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing. Beautiful story. Mm. Nice to hear how, yeah, that bridge was created. Um, and that the mercy was able to, the, for, the, the person was able to ask for forgiveness and, and through your um, mercy, the softening of your own heart, you know, you're just naturally able to to kind of confirm, to give that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, any other reflections, questions? Well, I don't know if you can hear me. Yes, Haribo Sharda. Yeah. Yeah, it's just from last week. I just said that I would <laughs> uh, include it in this week, but um, it's not much of a question, but it was just to say that, um, you know, it, it was nice to hear last week how you mentioned that, the, the, you know, the Acharyas over time, you know, have given their time wisely and helped others to do the same, you know, and um, 
so that that was I was really grateful for that um, and also this um, I'm glad in this in this um, sorry in in this class that you were talking about um, the concept of um, getting rid of division in your mind and you know the um, feeling of oneness I'm just wondering um if if you feel that we could meditate on this and that would help us with our the simple hearted devotion even though it may be under a certain rasa say dasa rasa or but it would be a general thing to do you know to help us um all the classes you've given that you know show simplicity and purity so is there a practical thing that we can do uh, to meditate on this um, but I do um, take note that um, it's it's it does involve changing our concept of time as well as you say circular and linear and all of this kind of thing concepts um, the delusion of division it says in um, one of Juan Mascaro's commentaries in the Bhagavad Gita and also um, I'm sorry if I missed I missed any um, anything in the first classes about Prahlada's previous life or, or or life after he left his body and whether that would also teach us some more. Thank you. That's all. Hi, Krishna. Um, so I'm trying to understand the first question you're asking. Is there anything we can meditate on to help us overcome the conception of duality yes okay yes um or anything written you know that you've seen yeah um well i would personally direct <laughs> sorry oh, um I would personally direct my attention towards um, um, mercy shown given by the Vaishnavas, um, kind of what we explored in, in this class, the mercy of uh, even when faced with such an adverse circumstance, like duality is presenting itself, <laughs> you could say, like Prahlad said, I see before me right now um, what I've what I've only heard about um, this concept of friends and enemies. I'd say we can meditate on how the Vaishnavas respond. Um, we brought up the instance of Sri Ramaj, how the soft-hearted Vaishnava responds to such a situation of adversity, um, in which one could so naturally. Um, fall victim to the consciousness of friend and enemy um, and yeah I think taking inspiration from um, from the way Vaishnavas conduct themselves um, it said that Krishna is like a desire tree the Kapavriksha who um, reciprocates with the way people approach him um, 
So if one approaches him for something, he'll give that. If someone approaches him for something else, he'll give that. Um, as he says in the Bhagavad Gita, I, I reciprocate according to how individuals approach me. Um, so I think that's another way we could see the devotee as a Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. They're not only reciprocating with how people approach them, they're giving so, so much more. Um, because someone will approach them with a vision of duality. Um, and in that way, their, their desire is compromised. And the Vaishnava will be able to see beyond that, um, be able to see beyond the vision of duality. And so naturally, they'll, what they'll give, um, they'll give mercy um, in relation to how anyone approaches them. Um, so yeah, I'd say to meditate on the, um, um, the Vaishnavas reciprocating with with all individuals and the mercy they the mercy they show um, regardless of how individuals approach them and um, and so forth. Um, as far as your second question on Prahlad's previous life, I probably should, should have researched that. Um, before giving this class series, but I didn't. So if anyone um, is aware of Prahlad's previous life, uh, you're welcome to, to share. I'm, I'm not, um, if not, I could do some research and maybe share that next class. That's okay. If you happen to come across it, um, it's just uh, maybe I should know myself, but uh, I was just curious because it teaches the lot Dante about him. Thank yeah. That's well, I guess we can say this is his most important life. So it's, it's good we at least know this one. <laughs> um, this one we can take lots of gems and teachings from. So, but yeah, I'll try and, I'll try and look up something for see what I can find for next class. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you all for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate uh, your comments, uh, your time. Um, and we'll continue next week. Next week will be our final class exploring how Prahlad's one-pointed devotion um, is kind of a facet of his simple heart and how that really is the um the center from which all these other qualities manifest from um his one-pointed focus on krishna so looking forward to exploring that thank you for joining me um i pronounced all you guys